What's happening, good peoples? This is Mr. No Excuses and my man Jamie with another episode of the Hidden Truths Podcast, providing therapy through conversations. Uh, what are those things that may be holding you back in life? What are those things that you tend to sweep under the rug that may be inhibiting your progress? So those are some of the concepts that we talk about with the Hidden Truths Podcast from week to week. Jamie, what's going on, man? Well, I can't call it, man. You know, another day round away. I got you, got you. Now we got one of our other special brothers. Guests. Yeah. Special guests in the building. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, I'm gonna let y'all know right now, man. We got a we got a big family. We got a lot of brothers that we roll with. I always call anybody that's my blood, anybody that I rock with is my brother. Or my sister if it's a female, obviously. So we got my man, Mr. Carey, in the building. What's happening? What's going on, man? How y'all doing? Sure, I'm good, man. I'm good. Glad you can join us today. Absolutely. Appreciate oh, yeah. y'all having the me. Bohemian Prince over here. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that uh, we want to do before we jump into today's topic is what we call our community spotlight, where we pick a locally owned black owned business and we kind of highlight it, give them a shout out, showing some love. That's how we start building back our communities is by putting our dollars into our black community. So we want to make sure that we always give a shout out to uh, to some of these uh, smaller, maybe not so well-known businesses out here. So uh, one of the spots that I wanted to check out or that I wanted to shout out is called More Raw Vegan. And I'm going to spell this out for you so you can look them up on the gram. M-U-U Raw that's one word, M-U-U Raw, vegan. So you can shout them out on the gram. I checked them out last weekend at this spot called Central Food Hub on Central Avenue here in Charlotte, uh, right behind Pure Pizza. Uh, the food was blazing. Food was blazing. Uh, you know, a lot of cats ain't really big on the whole vegan thing, and I'm not necessarily trying to promote or bash one food type over the other, but when I went there, I promise you, Food was worth it. Prices is reasonable, and they deliver. So uh, check them out, y'all. More raw vegan. So today's topic or this week's topic, the evolution of music. So yes. Jay, go ahead and weigh in on that. What you what, what what was your brain thinking when you came up with this? So we live in a day and time where, depending on your age, where you fall in the generation, music kind of you know inhibits a sense of you know different feelings going on with a person you know and um as you grow so does your taste in music so what you were brought up in so this is not not a topic about the evolution of all music just the evolution of music within your life so you know one of the reasons i reached out to my brother mario because anybody i know this dude is like up on music and sports which you know we argue about from time to time but when it comes to music this brother knows his stuff so i want to bring somebody you know to the table that had a had a good aspect on music and and won't just be judgmental he'll be a you know a truthful person and say hey this is what i feel about this type of music so um let's talk about young thug <laughs> <laughs> let's not start now let's not start <laughs> so uh just to lead this off, uh, question for you, Mario. What's some of the music you grew up listening to? What what's something, you know, when you was a you know, young pup back in the day, what's and what's some of the stuff you grew up listening to? And and for those that don't know, Mario is not actually from the US. He actually you were born in the islands, Mario, born is that correct? In the Bahamas, yeah. Okay, okay. So he he might give us a different uh perspective because, you know, maybe where he was born at, you know, might have a, a different sense of what they were brought up accustomed listening to so yeah just give me a little synopsis man what you were brought up listening to no absolutely man um like you mentioned um you know i was born in uh the bahamas nassau bahamas and then i uh, grew up on the luther bahamas so our access to music wasn't as um even to you guys back in the late 80s early 90s wasn't as prevalent as it is you know as it was back then definitely not what it was now so a lot of the stuff, you know, we were listening to, um, you know, um, me growing as a kid was soca and reggae music. So, of course, you know, a lot of hip hop comes from a lot of that old Jamaican dance hall music from, you know, the 60s and 70s. So um, I got well versed on like Beanie Man and Bounty Killer and Lady Saw and Red Rat. And on the soca side, it was, you know, Nita and 
um, you know, a couple of those uh, a couple of those guys who were just classics back in the day. And that's kind of what I grew up on before um, I really got introduced to, you know, um, hip hop, because uh, as, as a kid, I kind of had to hide that from my mom. And like I said, it wasn't so much available um, back then. So soca and uh, reggae was what I primarily was listening to, you know, as a kid. So I don't know much about soca. You know much about that, E? Like, I don't know a lot. I don't know a whole lot about it. I mean, I listen to it. I mean, there's, to me, there's a lot of similarities when I listen to, you know, soca versus dance hall. You know, it's kind of more of a upbeat. Um, I guess the equivalent here in America would be more like pop type music, more of your dance, more upbeat kind of club type music. That's kind of what I look at it as. But, you know, obviously, Mario, you know better than any of us. So soca, soca is not reggae. Like I never, I don't even know. I might have heard soca, but don't even know. I yeah, to it, it, so. it's not reggae. Um, I've heard it explained to people like if you kind of put it in today's music, it's sort of like the techno version of mm-hmm. pop music because okay. it's real upbeat, it's real lively, um, up tempo. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the Caribbean islands, Trinidad and Tobago is real huge with, you know, soca music. Um, I know you've been to the festival, um, if correct, the Carnival. Carabana. Yeah, not Carabana. No, that was Toronto. Um, Trinidad and yeah, Trinidad the one in Trinidad and Tobago, yeah, the, the but, mothership of them, yeah, went to that. So, um, you know how big soca is, you know, yeah. down there, so it, it's huge, you know, down there in the Caribbean, Haiti. Um, Granada, Bermuda, you know, Soka is huge. And that's Rihanna. You know, oh, a lot yeah, of her roots yeah. come from Definitely no Rihanna. Soka music. So, <laughs> absolutely. So um, th- that's where a lot of her roots come from is Soka. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, when I listen to reggae, to me, that's more kind of, it. Um, I would kind of compare that to the equivalent of what we used to have is blues music. It's kind of more mellow, kind of laid back, you know, kind of more... Uh, methodical with with the beats and all that so can you well kind of kind of walk us through some of the differences because a lot of us over here you know we'll hear something and just because it has something that we think is a reggae beat you know we'll think all of it's reggae mm-hmm. so what's some of the differences between that yeah you have like you have like the bob marley style soulful right you know right. reggae which is more insightful into like what they're living through their religion you know their lifestyle uh, promoting happiness and peace and all this other stuff you know unity throughout the world and then you know you switch it up to you know the vibes cartels and mm-hmm. you know like i mentioned earlier the benny mans and um the bounty killers who more want to see action going on on the dance floor you mm-hmm. know and that leading to somewhere else like they're trying to you know they're trying to sex it up they're trying to you know liven <clears throat> excuse me they're trying to liven you know um the party you know what mm-hmm. i mean that's the main focus is they're trying to keep the party going where you know the bob molly and the whalers and the um um some of the classic reggae artists are just storytelling and you know doing things like that you don't really get that in the dance hall it's just mainly like trap music is right right now. right right because yeah you have messages in it but you're trying to get the club you know what i mean rocking and so that's what a lot of dance hall was so right See, i kind of want to i hate to jump around because this is going to be an interesting conversation but so like we're going to get back to how you went from your roots in the islands to music in the u.s but listening to the music now from where you're from did they ever transition like kind of like the music you listen to now you like so for instance you know how music is different now from you talking jada kiss and young thug is it like that now where there's uh i'm gonna say island music not trying to offend anybody but does island music change like that where it's kind of like oh as the younger generations grow up they change the music to something different or is it still about the same? Nah, it, it does change because I mean, I grew up on like the early. I'm talking like when I was eight, nine years old, um, like the Lady Saws and um, the Red Rats and all that, and um, that was hardcore bass lines. You know what I mean? Like when you were inside, like um, um, I remember this old junior high spot they used to have for the dancers and stuff like that like that's all you could you could barely hear the lyrics it was just all boom boom right you know what i mean because that's that's what you wanted to feel and then it kind of graduated to where you had like the sean pauls that kind of came in 
Um, and Sean Paul, I think he was. That seemed more kind of dance hall to me with Sean Paul. Well, Benny Man and Bontigo, that's all dance hall as well. Right. But his, to me, was a little bit more commercialized. Not yeah. all the way, um, but it was a little bit more pop, which is why I think he did so well on the Billboard charts and stuff like that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of catered to that. But, I mean, Shaggy did the same thing. Yeah. You know, when it Shaggy talks, yeah. Like, when Shaggy talks, his accent is totally different. So, um, you know. That's like an evolution. You started seeing it. Okay. It is an evolution of that. Um, and then, you know, you have some of the guys. Even I listen to some of the dance hall today. You hear a lot of, which I love. I'm not hating on it by any means. I love every all of it. Um, but you hear a lot of the pop influence, um, you know what I mean, and some of the new dance hall um, um, songs that are going on nowadays. So, yeah, there is an evolution like there is in the other genres as well. Yeah, cool. I think I think that happens in any genre of music. Like uh, one of my cats, he was talking about, uh, he's a Hispanic cat, uh, same cat I was just mentioning earlier who, you know, is doing some of the modification on some of the recordings that we've been doing. Um, he's been in music for a while, has his own band called Tropical Culture. And me and him were having a conversation about music as well. And he was talking about similarities and the transitions that he sees, even in the Hispanic culture and the music they listen to. And some of the differences when, you know, we were younger, it was more uh, messages behind the music, whereas as it transcended and graduated to where it is now, it became more entertainment and materialism and things like that. So I think that transition happens every every genre of music, like you said. Speaking of entertaining, um, so I see a lot of this stuff a lot of videos and stuff and i'm just wondering mario with you being a hip-hop guy that and a music guy that means you probably can dance too right got a little move i like to say i have rhythm (laughs) (laughs) you're not gonna catch me being diddy out on the middle of the floor you know (laughs) doing dance moves so my question would lead to what is going on when i see these people from the island jumping off looking like they're doing wwe but they call it dancing now, majority of those are coming from Jamaica. Okay. So, I represent the Bahamas, so I can't speak on those folks. But usually those are tight okay. Jamaicans. Okay. And I'll be like, yo, this, this, this did a DDT off the top but, ropes and but, stuff. Um, it's all creativity. It's mm-hmm. it's all energy. It's, you know, I, I, you know, I like it. Um, You know, as long as nobody's getting hurt, I'm all with it. Well, I've tried that before. It might not have been on the dance floor, but I tried some of them. <laughs> some on work, some on didn't. Don't. Yeah, that's why you're limping now. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Just slow down a little bit. <laughs> All right. So you uh, you grew up in the Bahamas. What age did you move over to the States? So I moved over when I was 14. So you were pretty much teen then. So how did your adaption to music change from the, the island life that you grew up in to being in the U.S., the States. Absolutely. So, I was 14 when I came over, and that was uh, 93. Uh, <laughs> I know I may look it. I know I may look it. It's um, the beard. It's the beard. It's the beard and the shoulders <laughs> and his bicep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but them ladies um, out there, they're getting visual. <laughs> um, so, I moved over in 99. So, you know... I got. I was still listening to hip hop over there. Like it, it wasn't as available. What you would have a lot of the reggae artists, especially the dancehall reggae artists, they would cover a lot of the popular hip hop songs and just kind of convert it into reggae songs. So that's how I kind of got familiar with a lot of the hip hop songs, you know, over there. And then of course you would research it and try to look up, you know, the original or whatnot. Um, and of course, I mean, you had the Tupacs and you had the Biggies and you had the Nas's and um, even the Jay-Z's, like all those dropped in the 90s. So we were well, well aware of that particular, um, you know, that those particular artists. I just wasn't at, as attached to them at that particular time, even though I was aware. So when you so you would say like the people you just named would probably be some of the top people you used to listen to at that age because those were the ones you know of course the radio was a little bit more oh, yeah. controlled back then so right. of course those were the most the popular like you didn't have the YouTubes where you can just go look up your own you know your own music so um yeah that, that's all everybody would play is you know gotcha. the, the, gotcha. the billboard topping you know artists mm-hmm. gotcha 
What about you, E? Um, as far as what I grew up on? Yeah, what did you grow up on? Because uh, now you're... I mean, I'm pretty sure people listen to the show, you know, they probably know you grew up in a small city. Right. Um, Lauenburg, yeah. small city. What? Being in a small city is almost... Might could be almost like living in an island. You know, maybe the music you get is a little different. I grew up in a small town, Darlington, South Carolina. If it wasn't on the radio, we didn't know about it. So that's why I'm wondering with the small town you came from growing up, what kind of music, you know, did you listen to? Was it more from your parents growing up on their music or did you get into more of the, you know, the hip hop scene and stuff like that? Early on, it was definitely uh, more controlled by what my parents would allow me to listen to. Um, they listened to a lot of gospel because my dad, you know, he played piano for a lot of mm-hmm. churches so he would always play a lot of gospel music you know my mom you know she's um you know deaconess you know miss deaconess so she was always in church which means i was always in church so it was a lot of gospel music played in the house but my dad he also listened to a lot of classical soul and r&b as well so you know at the age of six seven eight nine i'm hearing classic soul not knowing what it was but i'm hearing Osley Brothers, Teddy P, mm. um, Isaac Hayes, and all that. Uh, he also listened to current music as well because my dad listened to the radio a lot. So going back to your point, it was really dictated by what what I heard on the radio up until I got to probably middle school when you know I started making some of my own money, just doing little odd jobs here and there, and I could mm. go you know buy tapes you know back in the day when they had tapes from the gas station you know you get the two-sided cassette one side with the singles one side with the instrumental and the acapella version Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so uh i think one of the first tapes i bought was uh genuine pony from the gas station (laughs) (laughs) why am i not surprised (laughs) that's hilarious yeah that was one of the first tapes i bought uh my brother one of the first albums that i got which is still one of my favorites to this day is All Eyes on Me, Tupac. Double, double album, classic. Um, one of the first albums that I bought for myself, well, the first three was uh, Maze Harlem World, uh, Diddy and the Family, No Way Out, and uh, Timberland and Magoo. Welcome, I think it was Welcome to Our World. That's funny. That was the first album I bought. Timberland and Magoo. Timberland and Magoo. <laughs> first, first tape I bought was uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, first in a month. Never forget oh, that. yeah. Classic. Yo, what about you, Mario? Can you remember first album or first tape? My first cassette tape was Next. Uh, ah. Yeah. Uh, well, what what a Love? love. <laughs> nah, or Wifey? It was the one. Nah. That was a joint back in the day. It was uh, um, I Still Love Oh, I Still you. Love You. That one. And then. Uh, too close. Yeah, too close. Uh, that was that classic. Rated yeah, next. Was yeah, rated next. Rated next. That was my first album. That was the first album. or first cassette. First cassette. Okay. I okay. My what first. Was? My first album, like, uh, was a uh, Jada Kiss's um, "Kiss the Game Goodbye." Yeah. Oh, classic. Dope yeah, album. I, I think that was one of. Them. I think I got that one at some point too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, classic. Oh album. Oh man. That's back in the day. Um, I don't know if y'all back in high school where they used you could go to Best Buy every Tuesday and things was like nine ninety nine for a, a CD. I never forget like every Tuesday. Yeah, because that's when all the albums would drop. Right, right, right. And Best Buy had them on sale for nine ninety nine, but nobody buys CDs these days. But you know. But see, right. that was my like when I first moved to. Because I remember when I moved over in ninety nine. I don't know if y'all remember BMG. BMG used to sell these. They used to sell CDs like through the mail. This is old school. Okay, I remember it was CDs through the mail yeah, where you, you signed up like a membership and they send you a bunch every month. You'd buy like right. one for like twelve ninety nine or something like that and get like five for a penny. Or yeah, I remember that. <laughs> wow. I remember okay. that. So that's when I started buying like all the Jay Z's and mm-hmm. uh, Jada Kiss and like the two trying to get well versed in the music I had missed on. But yeah, BMG was CDs, man. Okay. Yeah, CDs was huge. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, BMG. Now, that's another thing I didn't even meant to bring. When you move here, where'd you move to? California. See, that's that's another difference too. You know, right. it's West Coast the area. I grew I grew up on the East Coast. I don't think I went to the West Coast. So I was adult, so yeah, same I, here. I know I know the music. You probably have a different genre of music that you know about that we might not. Well, maybe now we know about because we're older. But growing up. You probably listened to uh, what's your boy name? Um, oh, E forty, E forty, and other yeah, he's people. Big like in that. the Bay. Yeah, that yeah, that was my introduction. Mm-hmm. Was because that's that's different from 
the games and the Snoops and the Dre's yeah. and the Kendrick Lamar. Like, it's different from Southern California. Like, all of those artists I just named was Southern California. Mm. I was listening to, you know, I got introduced to the Two Shorts and mm-hmm. the E-40s and the Keek the Sneaks and the Mac Miles and, you know, those guys, uh, go, the Hyphy movement. Um, oh, man, the Thiz movement. I forget his name. Who... Um, he passed away. He was real huge in the Bay, but he had this little hyphy dance, and that was huge. Um, so that was kind of my introduction to U.S. Uh, rap, mm-hmm. like face on, like right, firsthand right, right. experience. Yeah. yeah, the West Coast vibe, and that, that's a big difference because you know on the East Coast, and especially when you're talking about the '90s, early '90s era, that's when you had the whole you know East Coast West Coast thing and all that. So it was either one or the other, um, and then it. It was also interesting too, you know, you had the down south music coming up. I mean, you had, you know, your Uncle Luke's coming out of Miami that was, you know, putting uh, putting the south on the map. I mean, um, Freaknik was one of those iconic yeah. movements that, you know, really put a lot of down south music on the map. Yeah. Um, I remember being in uh, probably middle school and over on our side, it was, you know, Either Rough Riders or Cash Money. It was money from the nine to the two thousands. So yeah, man, it's just been interesting kind of seeing that evolution because the South, the South has really been put on for a long time. Yeah. Like they've really been running music for a long time from even from that era to Ghetto Boys. Yeah, to, even the Ghetto Boys in, in the mid eighties. Yeah. Do people yeah. really give the South the respect they should for music like now back then? Now they do. But like you know what? Okay, Mario, let's get into this then. When do you think if you can name some people that you, we may know? When do you think the South really started? People started like, okay, the South is where it's at. Well, I mean, you, I think the U.S. kind of struggled with the same thing the Bahamas did, whereas you. You had a, a minimum amount of people controlling what was being played, right. so you had like the Ghetto Boys, who were the mid '80s. You know, that's a long, that's 30 years ago. Um, you right. know, who mm-hmm. who were around and putting out quality music that was charting, um, but it was only getting played in particular areas. Right, and then you kind of move on. You had like what he said. You had the Uncle Luke's in Miami um, putting out, you know, putting out their music and doing well, but. They was fighting, you know. Um, you know, he got arrested because of the um, type the two, of music, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, and that's words. where the whole parental the control yeah. sticker came from. Was the whole loop, and then you kind of had like the Pastor Troys, and you had the Master P's, mm-hmm. and you know, in the mid '90s, and I think that's when the South really was like, all right, we really need to kind of pay attention to these these boys because Master P really... Yeah, he, I, he put on. He doesn't get a lot of credit for what he did, like not even for his influence on music, but his business moves throughout the music industry. So I think the mid-90s is when you kind of mm-hmm. saw it because that's when, after that whole wave, is that's when you saw like Lil John, mm-hmm, the crunk music. But see, to me, I feel like that's when people thought the South was like, "Oh, the South has music." When Lil John hit the stage, and then you had Usher. But you just made a valid point. The South was booming before that. Mm-hmm. The, but to me, I didn't really say almost. It's almost like I didn't count Master P and um, the Hot Boys and stuff. The South, I just said, "Oh, they're just dope." But I didn't get the South credit till I was like, "Oh." Uh, crunk music and stuff like that right. so that's when i was like oh I, I feel like maybe it was the the rappers from or the music from atlanta they started repping their city so hard that that's when people was like oh the south is where it's at because like master p didn't necessarily rep this the city is hard but his music was amazing like he was bringing all kind of stuff to the game so that's why i was wondering what you thought about when people say the south was really you know uh, uh a good start or originator of some good music but i really think that it didn't really start with them it was before that so yeah it was a slow process it was just a slow process just because of the way music was being put out mm-hmm. and once i mean once the industry became where you can put out your own content mm-hmm. look at who's dominating right now like is any city hotter than atlanta like Atlanta's been running it for probably a good 20 years now. That's where people are going to now, you know what I mean, to make albums and Mm -hmm. get indulged in that that, that culture and, you know what I mean, feed off that energy. So um, 
I think this, yeah, the South has been there for a while, but I think right now is when it's finally getting this recognition. But they've been putting in their work since 30, 30 35 years. A long time, from, from man. Now, man. A long time. I love I love South music. I don't care nobody say that's that. Who? Because when you in you know a club or a party or whatever, man, nothing gets a party more rocking than some some deep bass, some some heavy trap music. So you know you looking for. I mean, we had, we was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, your top party songs. Most of people's top party songs, with the exception of some stuff that somebody said, which I'm not gonna mention. Most of everybody's top songs was from the South. That's true. Most everybody's top songs was from the South. So, most of the top party songs from the South, and most of the top fighting songs from the South. That too it goes hand in hand. Now, yeah. I've been in plenty of altercations in the club. Well, people get to push them because of the music. And I was like, oh. It's that energy in the music, man. You know, you, and plus, you know, by the time you're in a party scene, you got some drinks in your system, you're feeling yourself, and, you know, that ego starts to come out. But, uh, but yeah, man, when it comes to the party scene, you definitely, most people first look to that down south, those deep trap beats. Let me ask y'all this. Do you feel like, in terms of music, Art imitates life or life imitates art? Meaning, do you think the music is a sign of the times? Or do you think the times follow what's being said in the music? Mm. Such a deep question. I don't know if I have enough time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Ask, ask that again, E. Do you feel like music sets the tone for what goes on in society? Or do you feel like what's being talked about in music represents what's going on in society. I I'll go ahead, I get you go, Mario. I think what's being talked about is it's what's moving it. Um especially after you know, twenty years ago hip hop was still fairly new. Mm-hmm. Um now it's kinda been like it's in it's in corporate commercials and stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's kind of it it has a presence now. Um and I think people are a little bit more in control of their own career, so they don't have to really be careful about the content that they are kind of pushing out, you know what I mean, worrying about sponsors and stuff like that. So I think people are kind of putting more like real, even if it's just, you know, the drug usage, even if it's, you know, the, the F Trump, you like you hardly used to hear F the president songs. You know what I mean? Yeah, because somebody else was controlling your airplane. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, I really think like um, the the um, the movement of, of the growth of the people and you know how more free they're feeling and um, all that other stuff is kind of you know um, moving the the industry more than the in, you know the music itself mm-hmm. uh, controlling them. I got you. I do believe the art moves the music because. And even though with what these new age um, artists are talking about, it's all about what's going on from skinny jeans to popping, you know, mollies or whatnot. It's in the music. So mm-hmm. you still can hear it. Even through the mumbling, you still can hear it. You know. <laughs> Stop hating on the mumble rappers. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into that topic in a little bit. But I mean, you go you go back and listen to, to like, you know, Jada Kiss and some of these other rappers. They, that's what they talked. They talked about guns. And they talked about drugs, and that's what was going on at the time. So now you listen to the new age rapper, they talk about skinny jeans, and they talk about, you know, the stuff they're doing. So do I think art runs the music? I think it does. What I, about you, E? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, when you listen to music, even you can go, you know, even back, you know, I'll start with, hell, you can even go back to slavery era when you still had slaves on the plantation who were saying spirituals about things they were going through and that's how they would send messages, literal literal messages to each other through their music. Mm-hmm. Um, so then from that, you know, transcend on into the civil rights era where you have, you know, we start seeing more blues coming out because, you know, that's what we're going through. We're sad, we're depressed, we're, we're expressing ourselves through music. Um, fast forward to the Black Panther era where, you know, everyone was, well, not everyone, but, you know, we saw a lot of unity in the black communities uh, because we all were fighting for a unified cause. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's where you started to see a lot of, uh, you know, uh, what was the James Brown song? Um, 
Black and I'm proud. Black and I'm proud, yeah. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Um, you know, you had a lot of uh, confidence coming through in the music. You know, we're you saw a lot of unification coming through that era. Um, you know, from that, then you had, you know, kind of the, the Jim Crow era later on and some of the uh, post-segregation things that went on. And then that's when you saw kind of your, your public enemy come out with, you know, fight they, the power. yeah, fight the power and all that. Um, You're a regular history major. Right? <laughs> Hit him over here. Tupac. Yeah, yeah. You know, transcend on into your yeah. Tupacs and uh, your NWAs, you know, after police and this, that, and the third. So, you know, they were talking about things that were going on that they were actually experiencing. And right, then it came right, out right. in their music. And I think now uh, you, still, you still see a lot of that. It's just that now it's become more entertainment value. And really, it's been like that for the past, I say probably since the mid 90s. You know, it's been about money, women, cause, materialism, you know, all of the above. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a sign of the times because now you have a lot of entertainers that are making a lot of legit money, you know, they're being business moguls and things like that. Um, even with the, uh, the social activism, you see a lot of that coming out of music. People actually rapping about. Uh, social injustice and actually actual issues that we are going through things that we see so i think in every uh, every period within history the music has been a representation of things that they're going through but i also think the music also sets the tone for what we in society do when you look at clothing for example or when you look at um, the type of liquor we drink or you know some of the things we like to do in our free time you know a lot of that stuff comes from what we hear in the music like mm -hmm. I wouldn't even know what Molly Percocets and half of these drugs was if I ain't hear it in music not that I use it but you know I just hear it all the time and I ain't downplaying anybody's music but you know you get a lot of what we do in society and really from a global perspective from music and specifically from hip hop mm. so I think it's a two way street on that one I think it's interesting um a lot of people don't know, um, but Mario taught me some stuff that uh, I never taught me a way of looking at music a little differently. So uh, just in our friendship, knowing Mario and us talking, you know, between the fellas, a lot of times I didn't know music says a lot more stuff than I, I even know, because a lot of times we don't get past you know maybe the hooks and mm -hmm. you know we hear a dope line but mario say something in a group chat or something like yo did y'all hear this and you'll read it and you'll think about it you'll be like oh shoot that's kind of dope like there's so much more into some of the lines that people say that i don't think we pick it up so with that being said mario do you think that's still happening today with the new rappers and do you still believe that there's a lot of stuff in music that we probably never even thought of or heard because we didn't take the time to dissect it like we should have um <clears throat> what i think happens a lot man especially because i'll you know i kind of know i know i know example of what you're talking about um the little uzi vert song when he was um when he was like all my friends are dead and a lot mm -hmm. of people didn't get that line you know what i mean and all that was was he was just talking about money talking about money yeah you know what i mean He's oh shoot sir. benjamins I, and that's uh, dope yeah you know all I mean? my friends are dead so what I think happens, and I kind of, you know, and I'm bring out Lil Uzi because a lot of people use him as the scapegoat, you know, of, of the the new music that's, you know, a lot of old heads point to him as the new music that's trash. But as far as like the lines and stuff like that, what I think happens is I think back in the day we got a lot of it because we were so indulged into it. And once you're listening to that stuff consistently, like there's a language within a language in hip hop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so you get a lot of those bars and stuff like that. That's kind of why we love Jay-Z, because he would say stuff in such creative ways where you would be like, okay. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it would just kind of switch it up and, you know, not say it in a regular way or whatnot. Um, what happens now is I think you have, like, a lot of people who, especially as life goes on, you get busy. You kind of, you aren't listening as consistently as you used to. And so when people are coming out with these bars and new terminology and, you know, these these new sayings that develop, you're like, 
and you come back to a song, you know, years later, a month later, you're like, what? Yeah. It's- you get a little confused about the language and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of all it is, is you kind of get away from that energy from the scene a little bit. When you come back and try to, you know, read that language, it isn't as easy as it was because, you know, you've been dealing with real life issues and real life language and, right. you know. Right. Grown people stuff. <laughs> grown people stuff, you know. So if you go back, say you say... Uh- not not new era, but some of the stuff you used to listen to, or you may still listen to it. What are some of you know the top people you think that have put stuff into their lyrics that you know you have dissected? And was like, man, that's pretty deep or pretty catchy or pretty slick. How they did that? Who are some of the rappers that really? I don't know what the word I want to use. Really, just you know, ingenious with their lyrics. Metaphors and yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Jada Kiss was definitely uh, he, he was a, he was big for me. Um, that uh, yeah, he said a couple lines. It wasn't even that, you know, it wasn't even stuff that was so creative, but it was just kind of stuff that was just kind of like, who would think of that? Like, mm. I remember one line just off the top of my head. He said, you know, this is what got me to ask. Honey said a drink was hot, so I put my watch in the glass. Like, oh. you know, like <laughs> he would just have little one liners. <laughs> I'm not even a jewelry guy, but just one line. Exactly. Just the way he would put it like that. Um, I think Wayne, uh, Lil Wayne was uh, always creative with that. Um, You know, you don't want that latex that I think I'm latex. You should have wore a latex. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, um, so Wayne had a big, I think Wayne was a a one punch liner king uh, for a long time. I think Biggie was, you know, if we kind of go back. Biggie was ingenious with some of the stuff he was putting together, which is why a lot of people fell in love with his rapping style. Um, Jay Z, of course, was slick with his wordplay. Um, yeah, this is a few few examples you can go down the list. So you say that very easily, like the way you just name them people off from back in the day seems so simple. Could you do that now with the music we listen to now? Could you name? people like that now that could just you know you could say could use that wordplay just as well yeah absolutely i mean you still have the kendricks you still have the coles i mean you still even um you know y'all mentioned earlier like you have the young thugs and you have the the futures and you know all that stuff that's coming out of oh he said future i don't uh, i got to i'm about to listen to future again see if his wordplay is what i it, it depends on I mean it depends on your definition of good wordplay you know what I'm saying so a lot of people have like a, a, a strict set of rules on what they think a lyricist should sound like you know um, how they should structure their, their their verses and stuff like that a lot of people like me are a little bit more mm-hmm. open to it because it, it didn't begin with lyrical wordplay when hip-hop first came around so but see, that's, like that's you, not the definition of you know what i mean he you was gone man and he's he he spit a line from jada kiss man i i don't even remember it but it just sounded like jada it was so dope it's hard to, for me to compare a jada kiss to what i hear now and maybe because i don't maybe because it's harder for me to adapt to what i'm hearing now but those kind of lines that jada spit and i spit those things is tough to me like just just be like man make you stop have to think about what you just said and to me i don't i haven't maybe i should just get more to the music now but it's just tough to, for me to say yo these dudes out here now are just throwing some hot verses or hot lines i don't know what about you do you when you compare some of the hot flows the hot uh metaphors you used to hear back in the day compared to maybe what you listen to now could you say that you still hear those type of bars Mm, not the same type but I try not to compare and try to appreciate it just for what it is you know if I'm listening to you know a future or you know amigos or something like that I'm not necessarily listening to a for lyrical content but you know they'll have some hot lines and some hot bars I'm like oh that's catchy you know it might not be the intellectual type of bars that we're used to hearing from some some other cats but it's still a good bar it's still a good line like those are some of my favorite cats to listen to but um one of the things that's interesting to me is you have uh like me and my older brother always get, well not always but we had this conversation before uh 
And you probably hear a lot of older cats, older than our generation, that'll say, oh, music today is trash. You know, you hear that all the time. You know, mumble rap, whatever, whatever. And while it does sound like a lot of them are mumbling, I ain't gonna call it trash. I mean, you, you've had trash music in every generation. Um, and even when, let's say the next generation above us, let's say somebody in their 50s, they might call this generation of music trash, but when they were coming up, they might have been listening to Public Enemy or Ice-T or whoever. Well, I'm sure the generation ahead of them said the same thing. The people who are listening to Grandmaster Flash exactly. and Molly Marl and were saying that yeah, Public Enemy that ain't real and Rakim and all this other stuff was trash. Yeah. You know what I mean? And same generation Absolutely. before that. Oh, that ain't music. You need to listen to this Teddy P and this Luther. That ain't real music. So it really becomes more about what people are used to hearing and not giving credit to the next generation or the next wave just because it sounds different than what they're used to. So that's how I look at it. I don't I'm not going to compare Jay to Kiss the Future. You know, there is no point. But I'm not going to downplay Future's music making ability either because Future knows how to make a hit. Um, a lot of times, depending on how far you go back, they weren't always doing music for monetary gain either. That that plays a huge role in what people are doing nowadays. And really, since the mid '90s, it's been more of a push just to make dollars, make money. And then now I'm gonna use this music platform to set me up in other entrepreneurial endeavors. So now it's easier for me to just put out a hit that's going to sell versus try to put a lot of creativity into making the, the dopest line of the dopest bar. Let me just make the dopest song. People are going to rock with it. It's going to sell. That's going to set me up for future, future endeavors. So that's why I think that the difference is no, no, no knock on anybody from any generation of music. You appreciate it for what it is. And I think, you know, you mentioned with the, the Gucci, oh no, the future and the Jadakiss comparison. I think a lot, that's a mistake a lot of people make because there were futures in Jadakiss's mm -hmm. generation. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like who? 3-6. You compare 3-6 to uh, future? Oh, definitely. What was 3-6 talking about in every song? Drug usage. Exactly. In yes. every song. And perp and they and had a lot of hot beats. In every song. Exactly. And, you know what I mean? And, and with the whole lane thing, like, like I'm not a fan of lane or whatnot, but people blame like the new generation for that. You know what Pimp C yeah, died of and DJ Screw. And you know what I mean? This a lot is, of those down south rappers died from This that. is years ago. And they're putting that blame on these youngsters who looked up to. Right. Who do you think? These the, cats, the youngsters now you got it from. I mean, Marvin Gaye and them was singing about the white pony. And <laughs> we just didn't know what they were talking yeah, about. Yeah, we didn't know yeah. what they was talking about. You know, right. Rick well, James. Day, mm -hmm. I can feel. You know what I mean? Like there's oh, some shoot. hidden, there's some that's hidden crazy. messages exactly. in a lot of those songs. I'm that, thinking that's about something totally different. <laughs> but there's a lot of hidden wow, messages between okay. a lot of these songs that right. we don't realize was it wasn't just berries and sunflower mm -hmm. seeds and all this other. no it was some hidden messages in there but it wasn't as open and right they hit it more they were more discreet day, you know? now it's more open so and that's have, kind of a sign of the times too Go ahead. so no i was just saying so you when people like want to pull like the the futures and and the young thugs and all this other stuff i'm like no you got to compare them to the kendricks and the j coles and the ybm cordays and the people that actually you know what i mean uh, are dave east and who who, who spit lyrics mm -hmm. you compare futures to the three sixes to right. the early gucci mans to the the no limits to the cash money you know what i mean you compare him to that genre uh, of mm -hmm. rap and that's the comparison people need to make not taking somebody who did lyrical conscious you know material versus somebody who just wanted to tear the club up you know what i'm saying so that's the mistake i think people make within the generations and stuff right. like that comparing that they need to compare similar artists, you know. What yeah, I mean? it's like trying to compare a wide receiver to a defensive end. Exactly, it's totally two totally different positions. Yeah, same like, sport, two different roles, you know two different roles, two different purposes. Absolutely. Y'all have to excuse me. Just Mario took me to another place, and I'm sitting here singing just like candy in my head. So <laughs> <laughs> like shit, it's really, really could be you about really that. About like, that. Oh, okay. I heard I, the same thing about uh, electric slide too. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not. They were talking about a vibrator. I've heard that what before. Huh? You got to feel it. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Boogie, woogie. Wow. <laughs> and you know it's there. <laughs> oh, shoot. Mm -hmm. Glad they got no camera in here. Y'all be like, this dude look lost. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, along with those lines, man, and, and as you can see, uh, people listening, they're like, yeah, you can see why I brought Mario in here. He's real 
you know, intertwined when it comes to music. Very I smart. wouldn't even say all that. You putting a lot on it. But <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. But one of the things I wanted to bring up also is I know we talk about rap, hip hop, but what do you think about the uh, the R and B game right now? How things have changed with that? Do you think it's a big difference between the R and B game now and you know as we were brought up, or um, do you think it's about the same? What do, what do you think about how that's going? these days i think it flows the same as uh mm-hmm. hip-hop does okay. um i think r&b right now is uh going through like a i call it kind of a trap r&b stage where they're using like similar beats as a lot of the atl artists are using with a lot of bass lines and stuff like that so if you listen to the bryson tillers and you listen to the blacks and you listen to the khalids and uh her and you know what i mean some of these new r&b artists you can hear a lot of that 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 um that catchy you know right, what i mean right. lmas and all that you mean right, you, right, you right. can hear a lot of that influence in there so um i think r&b moves just as just as hip-hop i think they've kind of always been tied to each right i mean it's, it's just a different form of music uh, i rap you sing mm-hmm. now one thing i do notice nowadays is uh you know back in the day most of the r&b artists could actually sing <laughs> now singing has become synonymous with being able to carry a note like people will call drake a singer or bryson tiller a singer no they're not singers they're in the singing category at times but no they can't really sing they can carry a tune but if you listen to them it's the same note throughout the entire music or throughout the entire song they're not hitting tunes they're not hitting like a c flat or e sharp or something like that so but could it just be the rhythm of the music we have now is harder to carry a just even show that you can sing because the type of the type of beats you have may be harder to you know carry notes to like if you mm-hmm. listen to like mariah carey type music she's able to show her vocals because the music flows of how she can propel her voice compared mm-hmm. to like y'all said the beats have changed now you're putting a a r&b person on more of a hip-hop beat how do you actually show your vocals on something like that yeah it becomes more about uh production at that mm-hmm. point and that goes back to what we we're talking about it's not so much I need to showcase my vocal ability, but I want to make a good song that's going to sell and it's going to get spins. So the driving force behind music has kind of changed and shifted. You know, back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and even on up to early 90s, cats were trying to showcase their vocal ability. You know, if I had the best vocals, that was getting the best spins, the most spins. Now, I just need to have the best song to get the most spins. So, it's still, you know, quality music. Don't get me wrong. I still listen to the Blacks or who I, you know, recently Rick figured out. I used to call him Six Lack because <laughs> I thought it was a six at the front of his name. So thank you, Mario, for correcting me on You're that. Welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but I still listen. He'll be to, in town Monday if you want to go. Uh, for sure. Wait, yeah. wait, where is he going to be at? Fillmore. He's going to be at the Fillmore Underground. Yeah. Underground. That's usually what most of the concerts at nowadays, anyway. But yeah, I still listen to those cats, man. I mean, the Tory Lanes, the the Bryson Tillers, the Drakes. You know, whoever. I just like listening to good music. I don't downplay it just because it's not the genre or the era that I grew up in so you know we just have to be a little bit more open minded and not shut it off because it doesn't sound familiar to us gotcha gotcha that's what's up yeah so like I mean like I said when it comes to the different genres of music things have changed um some people have adapted some people haven't um I'm one of those people I still listen to a lot of the older school I, you know it's taking me a little longer maybe cause I'm older who knows I, I like I like some of these people I'm hearing now. I know Migo, not Migos. Uh, one of the Migos, Quavo, just dropped the album. I started trying to hear that. I think it's pretty decent. I love the love the beats though. It's hard for me to listen to the words when the beat sounds so amazing. You don't have to yeah, because I mean, the beat is gonna make you eventually oh yeah. Oh know yeah. the words. Oh yeah, it's funny because if I can't <laughs> where I get my music from, it'd be a little odd. If I'm not talking to Mario and he give me a new track that I need to listen to, I got to go to strip club and get my music. So that's just, <laughs> why you bush, though? Why That's why Atlanta's so hot. Exactly. They have some of the dopest. You hear some of the newest, dopest music in the strip clubs. This is true. So, well, yeah, I go there because I, I like the Right. Music. You go to the strip club yeah, for the yeah. music. It's the, it's the music. And the wings. And the wings. And the wings. Definitely. What, $2 Tuesday? Onyx. Yeah, Onyx. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> hey, funny thing is, though, man, I know we're kind of coming up on time, but when you start listening to music and then you also go back and listen to old music, you see the influence mm-hmm. from generation to generation, from the lines to 
the overall production of the song to the beat itself. Like I was listening to, um, right, matter of fact, one of my favorite Ghetto Boys songs, my mind playing tricks on me, one of my favorite songs ever. Uh, my brother was like, where do you think that beat came from? So he played me this old, uh, I think it was Isaac Hayes track. I was like, damn, I thought that was an original track. So a lot of the music we even grew up on that we think is original is sample music. And, you know, now it's funny. We're starting to see that trend now to where cats are sampling the three sixes and, you know, even some of the R&B music that we, we listen to. So, you know, you got to also kind of know your history when you listen to music and then you kind of get a better appreciation for it because there's still creativity in the sampling be able to mix and chop a beat up and make it sound like something totally new but that's and that's what kills me when people like especially during our generation like people tried to kill like the sampling and i'm like that's where hip-hop developed from like dj cool hurt back in the 70s was taking soul and funk tracks and he was mm-hmm. just extending the breaks with turntables and playing those at block parties right that's what hip-hop was like the 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 rapper was just there to introduce the dj and kind of keep you know what i mean oh yeah sorry i'm trying to keep the the crowd going so um yeah i never understood why people like that sampling thing like that's been in the origination like that's right. that's that's foundation of of what we call hip hop, you know? Right. I mean, we you said it perfectly. When you're DJing, I mean, even back in the day, I mean, you're taking mixes of different tunes and different cuts and just blending them together That's and making a, di- a, a different sound. That's what it was. Yeah. It's an instrument. Yeah, it's an instrument. Know, it's, just, it's the same as a drum, a hi hat, a kick. You know, it's it's just it's just another element of the song that you're putting together. So. Exactly. Exactly. So with that, man, I know we're coming up on time. I want to see if there was any final thoughts and any any contact information that y'all wanted to put out there in case somebody had a question about some music or wanted to get up to speed on that. Any information you want to put out there for the people to reach you? I'm not on social media, but Ernest has my number if you need to get in contact <laughs> yeah. with me. So, so, uh, so call me if you want to get to him. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it that way. Yeah, call his agent. Call his agent. <laughs> well, you know, uh, same for here, you know, uh, social media, IG is J-E DeWitt 82. And uh, this is a good episode, man. I really like the fact that y'all uh, got to talk about, hear things about different music, stuff like that. Um, that's about it. That's all I got. Appreciate y'all having me, man. Oh, oh man, as always, man. We appreciate pleasure. you, man. And as always, this is the Hidden Truths Podcast. If anybody ever wants to be a guest on the show or if you have any ideas for topics for the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media platforms, Hidden Truths Podcast, or you can shoot us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Hidden Truths Podcast. It's available anywhere you can find streaming podcasts. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google, all the above. We're on there. Please, please, please be sure to subscribe so you can catch all this fire that we're spitting from week to week. As always, kings and queens, stay up. We out.